So we're launching a brand new series today. And uh, as that video suggests, it's got a gaming kind of theme wrapped around it. Our series is called Level Up. And uh, you may not be aware, some of you who are younger than some of us, you may not be aware that long before Fortnite took over the gaming world and slowed down our internet nationally, allegedly, there were other gaming classics, such as Space Invaders. Who, who is willing to say you remember Space Invaders? Let me tell you, Space Invaders, well, Pong was my first kind of entree into the gaming world, but that was on a, a home system. Space Invaders was my first entree into the paid gaming world. There was a fish and chip shop directly opposite my primary school in High Wycombe. And after school, we would kind of run there. Games cost 20 cents then. So, so here's, now, and, and, and here's the thing. It, it wasn't one of the stand-up Space Invaders games. It was one of the coffee table Space Invaders games. And this ticked so many boxes all in one unit because you could go and order your bucket of chips. You then had someone somewhere to rest that on the console whilst you played and you put your little stack of 20 cent coins and your stack of 20 cent coins said to the person that's waiting, I'm gonna be here a while. <laughs> and uh, so you'd, you'd play Space Invaders. Uh, there was uh, Donkey Kong, which uh, at one point in my history, we had on a little uh, handheld thing. And let's face it, we're all very grateful for Donkey Kong because without Donkey Kong, we would never be able to say it's on like Donkey Kong. I, I had that experience this week. Here's one for you, Tara. I had this experience this week. Tuesday morning, I was down in my local swimming pool doing some swim training. And, uh, and I was in a lane. Uh, there's another guy sharing the lane and you kind of got to where I was coming to the end of the lap and uh, I was going faster than him. So I'm like, I could overtake, but there wasn't quite enough room at the end of the pool to overtake. So here's what you do. You leave him to overtake and you just kind of cut in a little bit short and push off so you don't get in his way. It's a pro move, but it's, it's, it's thoughtful, it's considerate. Problem is when you do the little turn early, you don't have the wall to push off. So it takes you about two, three strokes to get some momentum going again. Well, he didn't realise that I was turning early. He pushed off. I was still trying to get some momentum going. He went kind of like hands and, and, and elbows into the back of my legs. That's fine. I'm okay with that. It's like, he didn't know it was turning. That was about to happen. Then, then he decides it was a good idea to grab both of my ankles and pull me back in towards him as I was trying to swim. And so I thought to myself, it's on like Donkey Kong. And I'm a lover, not a fighter. But let me just say, he won't be doing that again. <laughs> there was Pac-Man, uh, this one, you'll remember. And in fact, Miss Pac-Man followed this. And Miss Pac-Man to this day is considered to be possibly the hardest video game to ever conquer. And the one that has very much entered into our national, international, current day pop culture, Super Mario Brothers. These characters, I'm a Mario and I'm a Luigi, have uh, become things you can buy their costumes on Amazon, complete with a false pot belly, if you even need a false pot belly. Um, <laughs> Brett. Uh, Super Mario Brothers, let me show you a little slice from the, the Super Mario Brothers Wikipedia page. And this is how uh, they describe, uh, I guess, 
some of the big idea around Super Mario Brothers. Characters, Mario and Luigi, must defeat enough enemies in battle to gain enough experience points to level up. Once the characters level up, they may also learn a new skill. Now, the smart ones of you in the room here will actually look at that and see, you know what, this sounds a lot like following Jesus to me. That the call to following Jesus means that we can and must defeat enemies in battle. But when we do, we gain experience points that allow us to level up. When you, when you defeat an enemy like anxiety at this level, that when that enemy comes back to haunt you again, you will have gained some experience points. You'll have been able to actually level up and be more equipped to tackle that same enemy if he or she comes knocking again. Enemy of relational challenges where you've gone through relational challenges, you've fought those enemies, you've defeated those enemies, you've gained experience points, you've leveled up that when relational challenges come around again, and they will, in a different form or a different person or a different setting, you'll have more experience to be able to tackle them again. Health challenges, financial challenges. This is very much a parallel and a metaphor to following Jesus. And then once characters level up, they may also learn a new skill. Not only do we have a greater capacity when we level up based on gaining experience points, but we also can gain new skills. We can learn actually new skills of how to, to, to wade through and work through financial challenges, of how to wade through and work through health challenges, of how to wade through and work through relational challenges, gaining new skills so that we, when we come up to familiar challenges, not only do we have a greater capacity and more experience, but also some new, some new skills to apply to that situation and hopefully in doing so, be more effective as we go along. Very much similar to this journey of following Jesus. Now, if you've got our Elevate app, I want you to grab that, tap on the Bible tile, and it's gonna take you to a letter that Paul wrote. Now, by the way, little, uh, little uh, PSA, we've added a new feature to our Elevate app, a feature called Stories. And uh, some of you know, we've been capturing different people's stories on video, and we've now baked them into our app so you can uh, watch those stories, share those stories, a lot of inspiration there. We're gonna be rolling out more and more stories of just how Jesus is changing people's lives. So it's in there, and uh, Rochelle's just saw her face on our app for the first time. And uh, glad she signed the waiver uh, when she allowed us to use that image. But in the, in, in the Bible tile, it's gonna take you to a slice of a letter that Paul wrote to a church in a place called Philippi. Now, Paul was like a heavyweight from the early church. He actually launched churches in various locations, particularly in sort of major port cities around the known world at the time. And then he would keep in touch with them. He would hand them over to a local leader, train that leader up. He would go on and start more churches. But in his journey, he stayed connected with these churches. And one of the ways he stayed connected was writing them letters. And this letter he wrote to the church in Philippi really has two big themes. When you read the letter from, from start to finish, you'll see two big themes. One theme is the theme around joy. And I encourage you to read it and, and look for that thread and learn from that thread. And the other big theme in, the, in this letter that Paul wrote is about growth. And that's the one I wanna drill into this morning. And this is a slice of what Paul wrote to that church around this theme of growth. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. He's telling this, the people who are part of the church in Philippi. Whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Jesus from the time you first heard it until now. 
And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue His work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Paul makes three definitive promises about what God has done, is doing and will do. Paul makes three very clear promises that God actually began something in you. That's a promise. It's already happening. It's already in motion. It's already begun. And that God is committed to continuing that work that He started in you. And the final promise is that God will actually see that work in you through to completion. And all of that is the thread that, that, that the transformation that God's promising, that God started, that God's continuing and that God will finish is actually empowered by Him. But it gives this picture that following Jesus is a journey, not a one-off event. And that's a very, very critical distinction for us to understand. A little over 10 years ago, uh, Louisa and I were in the States and uh, in LA region and we decided to take a day out and go to Disneyland, which was a, a lifelong dream of Louis. And uh, so, so we did what, what uh, out-of-towner tourists would do. We got there nice and early, right before the gates opened. We got in there and we were gonna do everything. And we were not gonna leave that park until we had ticked every single box that the happiest place on earth allows you to tick. And so we went to Space Mountain and we rode the Mad Hatter Tea Party ride, which it's, Louis enjoyed it. Uh, you, you just spin, it's like, okay. Uh, more of a roller coaster guy myself. We, uh, we, we, we went on the It's a Small World ride, which by the way, if you haven't been to Disneyland, let me just warn you that uh, It's a Small World, the song, plays on endless loop. It plays on endless loop while you're queuing up for the ride. It plays on endless loop during the ride. And then it plays on endless loop until you've walked far enough away so you can no longer hear it. And you think to yourself, man, that song is really getting old. Uh, and then you think, actually, the staff that work here, they don't get to escape from that. So we did it all. And uh, we bought everything and we tried everything and we bought merch and the Mickey Mouse ears and did all the stuff that the tourists do unashamedly. We're walking out at the end of the day, having ticked all the boxes, walking out at the end of the day. And just before the gates, Louis spots Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse is there. And, uh, and uh, there's three little kids queued up, ready to take their photo with Mickey Mouse and their parents off to the side, ready to take the photo. And Louis bolts to get in this line. She's getting in this line and she jumped in. She's fourth in the line, same height as the eight-year-olds in the line. Um, I then, it's a true story, I then have to take the, 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 the role as the, as the parent photographer and Louis and it was fantastic and we left that park and it was just, it was just, it was magical. It was just so much, so much fun. But what if, for whatever reason, what if we'd gone to Disneyland and we go to the gate and we buy our ticket and we walk through the gate and we see a bench over there and we just head for that bench and we sit on that bench. And then we sit on that bench and we wait till closing time and we get up from that bench and we get back out the gate. What, what, what if we'd have done that? 
Do you think that would have been a good use of our day and the price of admission? Because by the way, the way Disney works is you, when you get in, what you pay, you don't have to pay anything else for the rides. You can just have an all-you-can-eat uh, experience on all the rides. If we'd chosen to pay our money and just go inside and sit on the first park bench that was there and spend the rest of the day on that park bench and then at the end of the day at closing time, just walk out of there, we would have missed out on all of the adventure that there was and is inside that theme park. And yet I, in my experience, following Jesus for 25 plus years myself and in church leadership for, for some time of that, I've actually observed far too many people that that's how they treat their relationship with Jesus. They treated it as an event that yes, I said yes to make Jesus my Lord on this day, in this place, in that, on this year. And, and, then, and then I found a seat and I've just been sitting there ever since. And I think to them, about them, man, you are missing out on all of the adventure that Jesus promised that he had for you. All of the adventure that you, you've got an access all areas past to all of the adventure that Jesus actually created you for this time on this place in this city and yet and yet for some reason you you've thought this is just about getting in and once you're in you just sit on the bench no or the pew or the black plastic chair and 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 yet following Jesus is so much more than just getting inside the gate there's an adventure Paul went on to write, I pray that your love will overflow more and more. And here's the kicker, and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. Just like there are levels in Super Mario Brothers, there are levels in following Jesus. And the starting level, let's just call it level one, is the level I call be fed. And this is actually a, a, a quite an appropriate, in fact, it's, 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 it's ideally where we should start when we first say yes to following Jesus. There's a churchy expression, we don't use it here because it kind of freaks people out, but there's a churchy expression called being born again. When you say yes to following Jesus, making Him your Lord, you are born again. It's correct, but it's just a bit freaky. So, but, but the image holds true. The image holds true that at the time that we say yes to following Jesus for the first time, we're like a newborn baby. And just like a newborn baby, there is no expectation on you to do anything except for spend the time and be fed. Very appropriate, very important. In fact, don't skip this level, it's fantastic. But don't stay there either because there's always another level. At this level, it is all about you. It's all about you, fresh out of the Jesus womb. See, again, that's why we don't use this image. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's freaky D. Uh, anyways, hang in there. It's all about you at this point. Just like those of you who've had babies, you know at that point when they're fresh out of the, the oven, it's all about them. And they're not expected to do anything by themselves. And so at this point in the beginning of our journey following Jesus, there's probably a lot of stuff that you need to get healed. And so you're gonna spend some time allowing Jesus to heal you. Completely cool. There's gonna be things at this level, it's all about you, it's appropriate, but don't stay at that level. There's always 
another level. Doing the Jesus thing, just getting inside the door for an hour a week is not gonna keep you growing in the way that Paul prayed and promised is available to us. There's a level two. Level two is where we start to learn to feed yourself because a newborn baby doesn't have to start feeding themselves, but a 15-year-old should have a little bit of skills about how to actually make a PB&J sandwich and feed themselves. If they don't, you understand something's actually wrong, right? So there's another level that we're to feed ourselves. And at level two, we move on from it being about us to starting to be about more about God. And the unfortunate thing is once again, I've seen too many people fail to level up to level two. And in fact, this, this dislocation of failing to level up has actually given birth to a trend called church hopping. And church hopping is not always, but often synonymous with the parting words, I'm leaving this church because I'm not being fed. And I say to them, well, that's because you haven't learned how to feed yourself. It's not my job to feed you. It's my job and the leader's job and our team member's job to give you the tools and give you the coaching and give you the encouragement to actually learn how to feed yourself. So if you're leaving because you're not being fed, that's actually all on you. The problem is that they'll go to the next church and for a time, things are shiny and new. And after a time, they'll leave because guess what? They're not being fed. But the reality is they haven't leveled up from level one to level two. Now, the thing about feeding yourself, I wanna just clear something up here. Sometimes this is taught in a one-size-fits-all approach that the way you feed yourself, now, now get this, by the way, just, okay, listen. The way we, you feed yourself is that you have to get up before the sun, you have to spend 30 minutes reading your Bible, you have to spend another 30 minutes in quiet, silent prayer, uh, you then have to uh, listen to uh, two podcasts on your way to work, you, at your lunch break, you have to read a devotional book or a book about God. Uh, on your way home, you can choose between listening to another preaching podcast or you may listen to some church worship music. Uh, before you go uh, to have your evening meal, you must say grace. Uh, and then before you go to bed, you must spend another 15 minutes praying. That's sometimes how it's taught or a ver variation of the theme. The problem with a one-size-fits-all approach is typically when things are called one-size-fits-all, it's actually one-size-fits-nobody. <laughs> at least nobody properly. And we're all wired differently. Because we're all wired differently, the way we best feed ourselves and the way we best connect to God is gonna actually be different from one person to the next. Because we're different. We're wired differently. For, for some of you, the, the thought of getting up and spending 30 minutes one-on-one -on -one praying to God, is it, it, it's even more motivating than your morning cup of coffee. And yet for others of you, you have suicidal tendencies at the very prospect of having to spend 30 minutes alone with, with anyone. Because you're wired differently. 
and I'm wired differently. And so my approach is gonna be different from your approach. And so rather than prescribe a one size fits all approach about how we feed ourselves, it's better to say, here's the buffet. Here's the 10 dishes on the table that are available to us. And actually you get to choose which one or ones of those you wanna actually indulge in based on what actually inspires you and motivates you the most. Now, I think we all should pray, but when and how and where and for how long, it's gonna vary from one person to the next. I think we all should read our Bible in our own time. There's so much in there, that's great. But again, how much, for how long, where, when, is gonna vary from one person to the next. Some of you, you feel closest to God when you're actually talking about Jesus around other people. And you're in an elevate group and you, and, and, and you are lit as you're reversing out of the driveway at the end of your elevate group because for you, doing community, doing life with other Jesus followers is the thing that feeds you the most. And again, that's, that's because you're wired in a specific way. For some of you, it is listening to worship music and you'll put it on in your home or you put it in your car and when you're hearing those words and listening to that, which by the way is, is as easy as it's ever been. Uh, I got given a gift, a Google Home, uh, uh, little gifty thing, little high techy thingy. I know what they're called, I'm just <laughs> pretending I don't. Uh, and it sits in our kitchen and I can say, okay, Google, play Elevation Worship. And on comes this whole Spotify playlist of, of endless worship music for free. So if that's your thing, you don't even have to buy a CD or a cassette tape. If listening to worship music is your thing. And so often on a Sunday morning when I'm getting ready to come here, I'll just have some worship music going on in the background. It just, it just blocks out some of the stuff that I don't wanna be bringing here and it helps me zero in. But I don't do that every morning. See again, this buffet, you might take one dish one day and another dish another day based on where you're at or, 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 or what matters to you on that particular, or one season you might focus in on one thing and another season you might... Whatever the method, the most important thing is understand that there is another level above being fed, feed yourself. But here's the great news, is there's another level above level two. And I call this feed others. Because as any good nutritionist will tell you, if you spend all of your days feasting from an all-you-can-eat buffet, you are gonna get a little plump. Actually, you're gonna probably get very plump. You need to work it off. The purpose of being fed and feeding ourselves is to give us energy, is actually to have something in us that we can actually in turn put out. And this level, level three, gives purpose to level two, that I don't just feed myself so that I'm fed, that I feed myself because God wants to actually do things in me and through me. And the thing about level three, and this is where you start to see when you listen to people, you start to see and, and hear if people are going to or getting close to level three, is that, that, is that in level three, We don't think less about ourselves, but we think about ourselves less. 
that actually we've learned our value, we've learned our worth, we've got a revelation of just how, how, how much God loves us and how important we are to Him. And, and we're not actually playing to the same insecurities that we were playing to when we started at level one. We can think about ourselves less, but not have to think less about ourselves. And we start to see that this whole journey, this ongoing journey, this thing that God started in us, this thing that God's continuing in us and this thing that God ultimately wants to complete in us is actually not just about us, but it's about us being used by God, being created for purpose, for significance, for calling, for destiny, for something beyond ourselves. And, 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 and I just wanna highlight one thing and it's a really important thing to understand. Some people don't wanna go to level three because they have this idea that if I give something of myself away, that I've actually gonna be left with less. And yet one of Jesus' most important teachings, which does seem paradoxical when you first stumble across it, is that we actually gain our lives when we give them away. <laughs> I'm gonna say that again, because again, this, this might be the first time some of you have kicked the tires on this one. Listen up. Some people don't go to level three because they're terrified that if they give something of themselves away, some of their time, some of their finances, some of their vulnerability, some of their story, if they give that away, they're gonna be left with less. And yet Jesus says, no, actually, I know it sounds paradoxical, but listen, we actually gain our life when we give it away. And the reason that works is because we're not the source of our strength. We're not the source of our life. Jesus himself promises that as we give ourselves away, he actually is gonna continue to pour more into us than we could ever pour into ourselves and our own life. And one of the most incredible things that you'll ever discover is why you were put on this earth. One of the most exciting things you'll ever discover is why you were put on this earth, why you were born for such a time as this. One of the most exciting things is when you start going to level three and saying, I'm going to, to live my life, as Louis said earlier, with an open hand and an open heart, and I'm gonna actually trust that I'm gonna keep feeding myself. You don't stop feeding yourself when you go to level three, but I'm not just gonna stop at feeding myself that I'm gonna position myself to feed others.